Hello, I'm Rena Grobe. And I'm Madvi Romani. And this is Misinformed, a show where we'll be talking about our latest internet obsessions. So Rena, what did you get obsessed with this week? So I'm sure as everyone has seen, because it's all over social media, this week was the Met Gala. If you don't know what the Met Gala is, it's a yearly dinner held to benefit the costume institution of the Met Museum in New York City. It has been around since 1948, and it used to be a quiet, calm affair. And recently, it has turned into the social event of the year, I would say, at least among certain circles and in certain countries. This year, most notably, a bunch of celebrities, models, politicians showed up wearing dresses, suits, and various other garments bearing political slogans. And this, of course, has caused split opinions, whether this is good, whether this is bad, whether this is how you perform activism and what this means within the context of the Met Gala. And yeah, this has been on my mind this week. Yes, it's been quite interesting, hasn't it? Because fashion is so important. It reflects the concerns and the feeling of the times is a kind of language in itself. We talked about that a bit when we were talking about how difficult it was to get out of COVID and then relearn this language and this communication when you're you know, dressing yourself up for the outside world again. And it's interesting that after COVID, a lot of people did turn up with fashion that reflected the concerns that were brought out by COVID, which was a lot of social inequality, gender inequality, class inequality, all of this kind of stuff. And that then translated into what we saw at the Met Gala. One of those statements was tax the rich, which was written on the back of AOC's dress. It was quite a statement. It was emblazoned in red across this white dress. And she got quite a lot of shit about it, not only from the right, who were like, no, we don't tax the rich, but also from the left. And she is a democratic congresswoman. And she has been a consistent advocate for progressive causes. She was the only Democrat, the only one to oppose the 484 billion coronavirus relief package last year because it was too generous to corporations without providing enough assistance to working class people. And like I said, fashion is a kind of language and what you wear is a form of communication. And she was very clearly communicating a message. And people on the left just said it was gimmicky, they were disappointed in her, that real socialists wouldn't even go to the Met Gala, and like, if she hates the rich so much, why would she even go to this really expensive event? It has to be said that, first of all, it's free for politicians. The dress was borrowed. She did wear a dress by Brother Felice, which is founded by a black immigrant woman, so... That's in line with everything. And I'm kind of really annoyed by the left sometimes with all of this like intellectual discussion about what is right, what is activism, this should be more nuanced, we should be having proper conversations, you can't just emblazon a big tagline and then go to an event like this. This is not how it should be done. And 
we were talking about storytelling recently and I feel like the right has just got these big messages, stop abortion, family values, whatever. And the left is just always bickering. Can we not just get behind this woman using her platform and being able to go to such a big thing and getting all the press coverage for a massive message that a lot of Americans and a lot of people throughout the world agree with. It's just really annoying. No, I mean, I definitely see your point in the sense of humans are kind of social animals, right? And we want to do what other people do. There is something to be said about feeling empowered to follow a certain ideology if you see it publicly represented. But, you know, I'm sort of like hung up, which is like not a criticism of AOC, but sort of hung up on this form of performative activism of lip service, which I guess in in AOC's case, maybe not the case, right? Because it's not performative activism. She's a politician. She actively does a bunch of things to help people. But Cara Delevingne, for example, wearing a, I don't even know what it was that she was wearing that said, peg the patriarchy. So there's been a lot of criticism around this is one is in like, Cara Delevingne as a prominent, thin, beautiful, cis white woman in the public eye. What does it mean when she wears a, I don't even know what it was, like a vest? It was a very confusing garment that sort of reinforces gender roles in the sense of the idea of pegging the patriarchy. I don't really want to explain what pegging is. If you don't know what it is, Google it. But it reinforces this idea of being penetrated is a negative thing. If you peg the patriarchy, you're doing something negative to the patriarchy. And I can kind of see it in the sense of like, oh, it's flipping it's on its head in this idea that the patriarchy views being penetrated as submissive and bad. And so if we do it to the patriarchy, it's submissive and bad, I guess. But it still kind of weirdly reinforces this idea that already exists of what is good and what is bad. Anyway, leaving Cara Delevingne alone because if you don't know who Cara Delevingne is, I, she's the last person who should be going to the Met wearing a shirt like this because she comes from a very rich British money family. Well, maybe not the last person, but it kind of feels a bit weird to see someone who represents this sort of capitalistic idea of wearing something like this at an event that is basically also built on blood money. Most of the Upper East Side of New York City is sort of financed by the Koch brothers. If you don't know who the Koch brothers are, they are some of the wealthiest men in America. They support right-wing agendas. And essentially, if there's a negative bill of some sort that's being tried to pass in the U.S., specifically like the Affordable Care Act, you can sort of assume that the Koch brothers are behind trying to get it not passed. Or maybe that's giving them too much credit, but they donate a lot of money to block social causes. They also donate a lot of money to universities, which then help them further their own ideology. So AOC wearing this dress, there has also been accusations of plagiarism that the design of the dress was stolen from a small independent artist, which of course sucks, which I don't think we can really blame AOC for that because if you're getting a dress from a famous designer, I don't think you would go and Google the design and research it like that. You would trust the designer that this is an original creation of theirs. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm sort of hung up on what does it mean when a politician attends an event like this wearing a dress? Because essentially nothing is going to happen of it. I see the symbolic value of it and hear what you're saying about storytelling. But at the end of the day, 
all that's happened now is that we've extensively talked about AOC's dress and no one's actually addressing the actual political cause, like maybe in certain circles, but I don't know, is just getting the mainstream media talking about this enough? It seems kind of shallow. Yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. A lot of people were definitely just performing and using these slogans that are really real to no effect at all. For AOC, I think she's way more visible and she is at an elite event where she is bringing the views from the normal people of New York into this realm and just making them feel uncomfortable too, I feel. And publicity is everything. There was on Instagram, somebody had pasted the words of Fisher's Capitalist Realism, which is a book, onto the picture of AOC and Tax the Rich, which is interesting because she seems to be held up to a way higher standard by all the leftist people rather than, you know, like you were saying, just all the other people who wore messages such as Peg the Patriarchy. I feel like on Instagram and stuff where at least the people we follow and what we see, she got a lot more shit. And I think that's sometimes a thing, you know, women, women of colour, people who are doing something significant are just held up to a higher standard and get criticised a lot more from all ends. Somebody pasted this text over a picture of her which kind of describes what you're saying and I'll read it out. It says, According to Fisher, capitalist realism has so captured public thought that the idea of anti-capitalism no longer acts as the antithesis to capitalism. Instead, it is deployed as a means of reinforcing capitalism. This is done through media, which aims to provide a safe means of consuming anti-capitalist ideas without actually challenging the system. The lack of coherent alternatives, as presented through the lens of capitalist realism, leads many anti-capitalist movements to cease targeting the end of capitalism, but instead to mitigate its worst effects, often through individual consumption-based activities. I feel like I understood that the first time I read it, and now I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, essentially what the quote is saying, right, is, is that capitalism has flipped it on us, right? We're now living in an age where we think that spreading anti-capitalist messages being anti-capitalist, but we're just playing into the hands of capitalism. That's what capitalism wants us to do. And there's some truth to this, I think, because being seen as progressive, being seen as liberal or leftist or all these things is sort of trendy in quotation marks. Everyone wants to be progressive now, at least in media circles. This is not true for all people, but most people. So if you make a dress that says tax the rich and then a progressive politician wears this to an event, you as a designer, as a product of capitalism, you kind of want this because that furthers your profile and makes, you know, aligns you with this progressive and leftist message without actually having to do any of the real work. You're basically buying into a trend. So yeah, what the quote is trying to say is we're like in so far in late stage capitalism where even being anti-capitalist is being capitalist. And Natalie Wynn of ContraPoints has this really great quote where she talks about how part of the problem of the left, and this is kind of going back to what you said earlier, is, is that 
everyone is so busy squabbling over such little things that we're never going to get anywhere. And I think we've mentioned this in in an episode before, is that one of the reasons why the right does so well or is able to push its agenda through so well is because they don't really care about each individual agenda. They have a bigger picture in mind, and so they work together. And this is not to say that we should in any way have less nuanced discussions or tolerate things or put up with things that we don't necessarily agree with to further a bigger cause, because inevitably this will affect the marginalized and the disenfranchised and the privilege will come out on top as is, you know, sadly in the society we live in, mostly the case. But it does mean that how do we move forward if we're going to tear down a woman of color for using a public platform to spread a message? Like, I thought I personally was kind of frustrated with her for doing it because it seemed like lip service and kind of a useless gesture to me because at the end of the day, she's still attending this 1% glitzy event and yeah, maybe as a politician, she's doing great things, but I don't know, it just seemed like such a useless gesture to me. Is sitting here having a debate about whether or not AOC's dress is lip service or not actually doing anything? Like, we're having a conversation about her and not about the Koch brothers or not about some of these other truly evil people who are enabling all these things to happen. So I'm not entirely sure how we move forward from her because I think that criticism should always happen and no one is above criticism but how do we decide what's useful criticism yeah i agree it's such a shame that her dress didn't have the effect that everyone was talking about the actual fucking policy of taxing the rich and all the tax problems we have and tax inequality and all that so much criticism was not you know thrown at everyone else and just she got a lot of it And she is a congresswoman, so she is in politics. It's not like she's just sitting in a mansion and reinforcing patriarchy, for example, while just wearing a dress. Back to the Fisher thing and late capitalism and activism, though, also recently what caused a huge debate was this just tone-deaf idea from CBS for a new show called The Activist, which was going to be this X Factor style competition with celebrities about their causes. So the people who were involved were all these celebrities like Priyanka Chopra, Usher. Actually, I think Usher was a judge, like he's a judge on The Voice. Yeah, these people were supposed to showcase their tireless work as an activist and then, I don't know, pick a winner, I guess. But everyone was saying, yeah, this is a complete commercialization of actual work that actual people are doing. Privileged people are using this to like further their profiles, to just perform how good and wonderful they are, and it's about themselves rather than the causes. Now, because of the backlash, this has been repackaged as a docu-reality show, which is also terrible because, you know, all of those docu-reality things like the real housewives or whatever are very heavily scripted and dramatized and produced. I mean, and everyone's still outraged about this. There is an argument to say that, for example, the Kardashians have a reality show and everyone's buying all the Kardashian products. 
Brazilian butt lifts have gone up. Everyone's got the Kardashian look. Everyone wants to live a glitzy life. And people are copying them. Because it's on TV, basically. So if activism became a value in a society and got publicity, maybe people would do more, not for the right reasons, but because that became more of a value in our society rather than consumerism and just blah that the Kardashians do. I understand that that's not how it should be. However, just people's behaviour and mass thinking and the way that people work, we have to work with that. I don't know how else to say it apart from people are fucking stupid, man, and they have to be, you know, led in some way. And the media is interesting because Karl Marx says, you know, it's the opiate of the masses. And yeah, I think like all of these anti-capitalist kind of messages that are just shown and, you know, it feels like progressive, but it's not, might be a kind of opiate. But I don't know, I feel like the media has to switch something or do something. I just feel like we can all sit here and talk about the nuances and authenticity and how to do things in a meaningful and right way and everything. But that's a very complicated process, right? It requires a lot of thought and commitment and people have lives to get on with and things to do. And I feel like that's why the anti-intellectualism thing happened because nobody can be bothered to have all of these really nuanced conversations. They just want big slogans and to know what to do. And a lot of people, you know, they have lives, they have children, they have they have to make their rent. It's also a bit of a classist thing. They're not thinking in these sort of very intellectualized ways. So it's all very well and right to say, yeah, this stuff shouldn't be commercialized. It shouldn't be gamified. It shouldn't be turned into a competition or an ego thing. But we're already living in a commercialized capitalist world and everyone grew up in this world. Nobody likes change. Everyone likes everything to stay the same. Like when you read those Henry Mantel books about Thomas Cromwell trying to enlighten the masses, literally translate the Bible into English so they can see and, you know, take away their icons that they're just, the poor people are giving money to. They don't want change. Nobody is going to, I feel, realistically give up the entire structure and world vision that they grew up with and they were born into be able to change it radically so we can have this radical new world that some people want. I think we have to work within the system we have. And if that means wearing a dress to Met Gala that says tax the rich, that's how you do it. The medium is the message. And yes, I know a lot of it is performative. A lot of it, you know, stops you from doing anything real because, you know, everything you feel like things are being done just from the messages you're seeing. Also with this activist show, it will stop you from doing anything too, but it's a bit confusing to see what a good way through is. I think what you were saying about the intellectualization and the and making everything overly academic, because this is like Bell Hooks's big criticism, right, of the modern day feminist movement and just the progressive left, I guess, is that the people writing these texts or having these conversations are all speaking in a language and existing within a world that leaves out the people who are the most marginalized by the patriarchy or racism or whatever form of structural oppression we're dealing with, 
yeah, I guess there is a point to that, right? Like if we're sitting around writing all these feminist texts or writing all these anti-racist texts and criticizing society, it has no actual meaning or no influence onto the lives of the people who need it most. And so maybe wearing a dress that says tax the rich to a massive event that's a message everyone can see and read and understand, right? This is back what you were saying about slogans. It's catchy. It's a tagline. And I don't know, maybe we need taglines. Maybe we need short, snappy, catchy things. I don't know. Within the like span of this conversation, I've become sort of more and more unsure about how I actually feel about this because I started off with admittedly just completely rolling my eyes because I was like, it's a bit ridiculous. Also, the New York congresswoman who wore the new really long cape with a call for equality, and then it was pointed out that this is the same congresswoman who wore a burqa to testify and justify why America should raid Afghanistan, and she was, you know, using the oppression of women there to justify killing and war and all these other horrible things, sort of like that's ridiculous that she would then show up at the Met Gala wearing a dress that has a call for equality. Like, what a ridiculous woman. And what a ridiculous thing to do. It's so, I don't even have words for what that is. Yeah, Carolyn Maloney was just out of order because when she wore that massive covering from head to toe and applauded Bush for dropping bombs and food and said, you know, this is for women's rights, just considering what's just happened in Afghanistan as a result also of this just the whole thing has been terrible for women also just totally tone deaf and awful actually there was a CIA paper about how to get people behind you know the war in Afghanistan and one of the things that they highlighted was to push this idea of women's rights and feminism in Afghanistan as a kind of manipulation method to get the public behind them. So this is another example of people using, you know, a cause such as feminism in order to basically hold up the patriarchy or also just as a form of manipulation, basically. And then what I found really interesting in the light of all this was Kim Kardashian, because she was head to toed and she can do that. But a Muslim woman can't. Because when Kim Kardashian does it, it's a fashion statement and amazing and all of this sort of stuff. She created a lot of memes, which was quite funny. Also, The Guardian had an article on the fact that there was a lot of what they called sort of fetish wear. These images of people being bound up, covered up, you know, with masks, all of this sort of stuff, which might also be a leftover from coronavirus and covid because you know people were indoors a lot and locked up so historically fetish wear has emerged after economic downturns or major events there was a quote in this guardian article from lou austin who owns this fetish site called mega pleasure who said i wouldn't be surprised if this pandemic triggers a resurgence of mask wearing both in bedrooms and on the runways as a nod to the shared tedious trauma we've been living through in the last year or so. And there's also a professor who commented on it and said that the re-emergence of fetish fashion is 
in part a reaction to the lockdown, which has controlled our bodies, forcing us to wear masks, and told us who we can kiss or touch. Adopting fetish clothing as fashion can be interpreted as desire to switch the relationship, take back control, and show them who's really in charge. It's funny how we consider that as a form of control, but not a head covering as a form of control. Or yeah, when Kim Kardashian does it, we consider it fetish and sexy, but not when a Muslim woman does it. Also, I just found it quite funny that Kim Kardashian just looked like a big shadow. For me, it's just like a big outline where an actual authentic human being used to be. And on that note, here are our three things you can do this week to be a better person. So, Rena mentioned the word pegging today, and I'm just going to give you the definition, which is basically when a woman wears a strap-on and penetrates the man. And I'm giving you this definition because actually, I think it shouldn't be, as Rena pointed out, such a negative thing. So if you like, and if that's your thing... Maybe try something like that in the bedroom. Thing two, when you criticize a woman who is in the public eye, take a step back and think about who benefits from this criticism and why. Thing three, don't think that just posting activist messages is real activism. Do something that's tied to the real world instead. Thank you for listening. Until next week, goodbye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you like, you can share your internet obsessions with us. Tweet us at the underscore miss underscore informed or follow us on Instagram at the underscore miss underscore informed. You can also send us an email at misinformed.podcast at gmail.com. You can also listen and subscribe via YouTube. For news about the show or upcoming events and links to all our sources, references and other geeky inspiration, subscribe to our newsletter. You can find the link via our Instagram. We are an independent, non-profit podcast. If you would like to show us some love, you can make a one-off donation via our SoundCloud or support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash misinformed. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.